Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris, and on my left-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. Hey, you just gave my water to my right-hand side. Okay. That sound we just heard was Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll by Slaves to Fashion, who I've got on the show with me right now. I've got a new album called The History of Heavy Metal, which is releasing one song each month with an official release in December of 2020. Right now I'm being joined by a tour finisher, some stories about the music, and share more info about what Slaves to Fashion has got going on. So, Torfin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You are quite welcome. I'm super excited for everybody to hear what it is you guys have got cooking because it's very unique. And speaking of which, let's go listen back to that track, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Groovy, coming back from the track, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, which I believe was the track that initially hit me in the face and uh, something that we discussed, you know, you and I, is how much I have a unique soft spot for glam metal. Yeah. Uh, or hair metal or whatever it is you guys want to call it out there. I don't even know anymore. Um, but it definitely struck me. It was very well produced and very well written. And then at the time, I think you had also showed me a couple of other tracks were written. So this is the third single, correct, that was released? That's, yeah, that's right. The third single. We, we did one uh, like the early 70s single, and we did one... Uh, classic heavy metal, new wave of British heavy metal type of thing, and this is the third one. So, so this was the glamour metal uh, song of the project. Correct. And so, the early '70s single uh, is up and available if anybody wants to check it out. And also, the classic heavy metal is uh, kind of like a. Uh, I think the artwork is very reminiscent of Iron Maiden, if I remember correctly. Absolutely, Maiden, Priest, a little bit of dose of Motorhead, but mostly Maiden. Yeah. Yeah, very cool stuff. And I found that what you guys are doing is really channeling these uh, genres or subgenres of heavy metal. Uh, and then, obviously, as you know, as the album suggests, the history of heavy metal, taking us through uh, how heavy metal has developed over the years. So it'll be very exciting when we start getting into Degent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's difficult. <laughs> I bet. Um, now, this track, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, I guess, you know, Take us through when it came to sitting down to pen a glam metal song. Um, was it easy? Um, it was not the most difficult of the project. Um, I'm born in 77, so I was nine, ten years old when the genre exploded uh, over the world. You know, so the first kind of music I listened to was like Europe and Bon Jovi. Um, so it was my childhood. Um, so I moved on to more heavier stuff later. But uh, I've always been a little fan of that kind of music. Um, it's catchy, it's uh, fun, it's party. So I had a lot of references. So it was more like narrowing them down to what exactly is, you know, the core of the hair metal, glam metal music, you know. So it was like finding the right references, a bit of Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, taking the biggest bands and, and, and trying to find that composition, you know, don't bore us, get to the chorus, um, get a hook, everything. So it, it went down fairly easy when writing it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's going to be kind of my, my quip is I absolutely love glam metal, but at the same time, I imagine lyrically, it's pretty easy <laughs> <laughs> to, to write a song about girls and partying or whatever. 
Yeah, uh, you know that title, Sex, Drugs, Drugs and Rock and Roll, is, is, it's not coming from glam metal or hair metal. I think it's an older title, but I thought it was pretty, you know, it uh, painted a picture about, you know, the scene, the LA scene in, in the 80s and Sunset Strip and everything. So, yeah, the, the, the lyrics weren't, wasn't that difficult. No. Yeah, very cool. Now, I'm curious, did you write a few songs and then narrow it down to the one that you felt was the best or did you commit entirely to you know we're going to write a glam metal song uh i was only writing one song and trying to get it uh, right the first time yeah okay very cool now something is really cool to note on this one is speaking of that la scene this track was mixed by bo hill uh, who has some legendary credits as soon as you... It's funny, in the email, you explain who Bo Hill is. No, you don't need to explain who <laughs> Bo Hill is to me. Um, that's absolutely incredible. Now, I guess my big honking question is, take us through the process of getting Bo Hill on board to mix the track. Yeah, that was, that was very cool, you know, because he he's, uh, produ- was producing a lot of those really successful bands of the, of the, the channel. Uh, actually... We've been uh, around for a long time. We released one album in 2011, I think. And uh, uh, I sent the music around to people, you know how it is, the producers, um, just to get contacts. And, and I also sent the album to, to Bo Hill uh, back to them. And he actually was one of the guys that responded and said, wow, this is really cool, guys. Uh, if, you do any, if you do another album, uh, I'd like to be uh, mixing it. So that was really cool. So when this, uh, when I started this project about the history of heavy metal, I, I had, had had him in mind, you know, because uh, of course I wouldn't let that chance pass on me. So uh, easy, I, I wrote a, wrote him a, an email explaining the project, explaining the song, uh, the concept, and he was like, yeah, I'll do it. Cool. So that's it. So it was uh, a good match, I think. Uh, very happy about uh, the production and the uh, and the crystal clear mix that he gave us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. One of those. Speaking of the time, I don't know if you'd consider Queensrÿche to be a glam metal band, but <clears throat> you know the kind of uh, mixes where you can walk around in it. You know, you can hear everything mm. clearly, which is super nice. Uh- yeah, absolutely. I, I don't regard them as a glam metal band, but of course there are some elements in their music that is absolutely in that direction. And their their, their productions were always super clear, you know, really, really, you know, pleasure, pleasurable to, to listen at. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, groovy, groovy. All right, now let's go listen to the next track, Thrash of the Titans. Thrash of the Titans, baby! All right, come back from the track Thrash of the Titans, which is going to be our thrash metal track along the road that is the history of heavy metal. Now, this one very specific sounds very specific to me as Metallica. Now, I'm curious, though, from your perspective, take us through Thrash of the Titans. What went into writing a thrash metal track? Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's basically the same approach on every track here. It's it's a lot of research, you know. Uh, trash metal was around when I started listening to music, but it was not like my... I'm not, I'm not a thrash metal guy, so it was more like I had to really go into it, listen to all those classic mm, thrash metal albums by, of course, uh, you mentioned Metallica, <clears throat> Slayer, Megadeth, Anthrax, Exodus, uh, etc. 
So uh, I had to work, struggle a little bit more here to to try to find, you know, the core of of what elements was to be there. Um, but I think you're right. Uh, it's absolutely um, inspired by the mid '80s Metallica, Mastro Puppets sound. But I try to throw in a few other elements there as well. But uh, absolutely, Metallica, you know, is the is the big thrash metal bands and the pioneers of the genre. Yeah. And something, something else, too, as well, for example, I just chatted with uh, Testament, because they just came out with a new album, and, mm-hmm. you know, the production level on, say, Testament's latest thrash metal album versus uh, the production level of Ride the Lightning, um, mm-hmm. you know, two very different uh, production styles as far as thrash metal is concerned. I'm curious, what was the decision to lead more towards, say, an old-school thrash metal production style than, say, something that would come out today absolutely uh, it, it has been a, a part of this project to try to recreate the the old sounds it's very difficult uh, you know it it has a tendency to become just a little too too bright and modern uh, even if you try to make it sound uh, retro or old school so we were trying to do that absolutely and um uh, speaking of Bo Hill, we, we got his, can we say, counterpart here in the thrash metal department because uh, Fleming Rasmussen, who was uh, producing Metallica in the 80s, he, he did a mix for this one. So that was really cool, you know, to have two, let's say, legendary producers in, in their own genres doing those two tracks. So uh, I think he, he nailed it very good. Um, tried not to make it too, you know, modern metal. Because modern metal is very compressed and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of sound and, and it's not, it, it wasn't like that in the, in the, in the 80s. So maybe there's something in between the, the, the newer sound and, and the, the, the real old school sound. I don't know what you think, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Very cool. Now... If you dug the two tracks, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, and Thrash of the Titans, then you'll be super excited to know that there is a full album coming in December, but with each song being released as a single each month called The History of Heavy Metal, and it is a tribute to the different subgenres of heavy metal. So I guess my big question then is, you know, take us through this album. What should we expect when we pick it up? What when What's gone into, you know, a little bit more of what we should maybe to come from? The history of heavy metal. How far into history are we going, or how, rather, how far into the future or the present yeah. are we going? Yeah, it's very difficult to write modern history because you know you have to have that historical distance to things. Um, because what what has really been going on the last ten to twenty years is more it's it's more difficult to to really see that what was happening in the eighties. Uh, but uh, we we have some of the the big uh, subgenres included, like um, uh, all the extreme metal, black death, um, doom metal are coming on, on out on a medley in the next month. We're doing a grunge uh, song inspired by Chains and Soundgarden, 
controversial, of course, if it's going to be on a metal compilation like this. We're doing a progressive metal song with a lot of subgenres from the 90s included in it. So that should be interesting. We're doing a power metal song, European power metal uh, scene. We're doing a new metal song and we're doing a sort of compilation track for the last 20 years. Uh, so that should be very interesting at the end. You know, I think it's like 17 subgenres in in four minutes on that last one. So <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I, I I think the, the the very last genre represented right now is uh, is the Japanese kawaii metal, uh, which is uh, we're doing really good uh, just a few years back. So a lot of cool stuff. Okay. Now that you've mentioned that, I'm actually looking that up. I've probably heard it, but immediately I'm like, who? What? Kawaii Metal? Yeah, there was a, a Japanese band called Baby Metal that was uh, forefronting that uh, that genre. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, they have a Wikipedia page. I'm going to have to look into this. Yeah. Uh, I probably have heard it. Um, just immediately, I'm not uh, drawing a, a thing to it. But uh, cool. Yeah, something else that you mentioned too is you know, a couple of... Uh, controversial ones i don't know i'd argue that alice in chains and soundgarden are are metal bands just because they came this goes into the whole thing of well grunge just means that they were produced in seattle in in 1990 basically is all grunge means there's no there's no defining if you listen to alice in chains listen to nirvana you listen to you know any they're all very different bands what makes them all grunge well you know, Bush came out yeah. with Bush came out with stuff out of out of the UK at that same time, and they were alternative. So, yeah. you know, it's very. Uh, I, I, I agree. It's but it's uh, it, it's something about this project of trying to you narrow it down to what is in the mindset of people. You know, because there's it, it, music fans have a have an opinion on a category like grunge what is it really you know so it's 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 like sort of a science project trying to make a song and everyone would say yeah that's grunge from seattle in 1991 okay <laughs> so we'll see if i if we can make it yeah beautiful all right <clears throat> well to our for the listeners anything else that you wanted to throw out there um i just wanted to thank you for coming on to the rock metal podcast thank you very much for having me it was very interesting 